Emmy Award-winning producer, actor, and comedian Larry Wilmore is back on the air, hosting a podcast where he weighs in on the issues of the week and interviews guests in the world of politics, entertainment, culture, sports, and beyond. Check out Larry Wilmore Black on the Air on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Previously on Recipe Club. Currently on the wheel of life, we have empanadas, pork ribs, popcorn, jalapenos, mac and cheese, Wonder Bread Spam, frozen broccoli, meatballs, and now maseca. I'm going to give it a shuffle. These wheels over time are becoming more and more palatable as as items are being replaced with things we actually want to make. That being said, this is definitely going to hit frozen, frozen broccoli. broccoli. You guys, you guys ready for broccoli. this? Here we go. If we get frozen broccoli, I'm going to do huck duck with frozen broccoli in it. Oh, yeah! Mr. Chase. Yes. Okay, that's good. That's good. I play with that. Spam. We've hit spam. We've hit spam. Uh, I'm actually very, very happy about this as well. Welcome to another installment of Recipe Club, where three of us make three recipes from the internet, and I usually lose. And <laughs> that's the official tagline. That's the official tagline, followed by Chris Ying, who actually probably has the worst percentage uh, of winning than me. Um, basically, we're losers, and we are um, just not good at this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's, there's something different. There's there's a difference between being good at the podcast and being good at uh, playing this game. And uh, I think we're good at the podcast. I think you game. guys are great at the uh, podcast. No, I equate winning with being good in all facets. <laughs> <laughs> then, if that's true, then we are extremely bad at this yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah. We're very, very bad. <laughs> and uh, it's been a while since we've had Brian. I, I At least I haven't been on a pod with you since... Uh, did I win the poolish, non-poolish one? Did I finally? Well, did I? Did no. I? Did I show the world my 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 you hatred of poolish? No, no, you, you did not win anything. Actually, <laughs> I won. I'm the people's champ. I've stalked the, the the Facebook group, and I can say I probably won, Chris. I don't know what data so you're going to uh, pull. With 54% of the vote, 55% of the vote coming in first place in the uh, flatbread cookoff was. Brian Ford and the nun <laughs> with Poolish coming in second place with uh, dragging way behind with 26% of the vote. Mm. Christopher Yang with his alu parata mm. via Priya Krishna. And what was my recipe? Third, I've blocked it out. Hot duck from Manchi with a nice round. Let's see. I think you're just under 20% of the vote. You know what? I was just going to say, fuck you, audience. I don't need you in my life. Dave, Dave Chang, the only one that can curse his audience out, and they will still love him for And just make them love him even more. I know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a walking example of that. Uh, so Yeah. I believe I won last time I was on as well. So I'm going for the three, the three-peat, the win streak. You already know how I'm keeping it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I see so. how you're trying to go for it now. Coming yep. out strong here. Well, here we go. It's like Brian can turn it on whenever he wants. It's It's like... Dave and I don't know how to turn it on ever. It's, but a, it's Brian, a gift. It's a gift. Officially, let's call it official winner of the flatbread episode <sighs> of Recipe Club. Thanks to the audience who, despite Dave uh, cursing them out, 
Uh, many, 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 many people cooked all three of the recipes, which was fucking tremendous to see. Mm-hmm. And um, blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of. <laughs> I will say this in our defense, Dave, most of the comments about Brian's non with Poolish in favor of it was lots of work, totally worth the work, totally worth the time, which I believe is subjective. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how much work goes into mixing stuff in a bowl and let it sit on the countertop. That's like a, less than a minute of work. Yeah, we're not good less than, I'm, I'm just saying, but hey, let's not get off track here. Today's about a different ingredient. God damn, he's good. He's very good at this. Uh, today's, I'm learning. I'm learning how to navigate you. That's right. Uh, t- today's <laughs> learning how to deflect and navigate this asteroid field of Chang and Ying. Um, that's right, Brian. We're not here to talk about flatbread, so let's not ever fucking talk about it again. <laughs> what we're here to talk about today is Spam. Mm. Spiced ham from the Hormel company. Mm. Uh, I believe a favorite of all, of, all three of ours, uh, of us. When you do a little Google search, you get 190 million results. When you when you try to search for spam recipes, which is quite a few, I think. Let's start off as we generally do talking about spam holistically. Brian, yes. How often in your life today and throughout your life have you have you really partick in in spam in spice spam? So, yeah, you know my we had food stamps and like wick and all that kind of thing growing up and spam was one of those things that was very frequently uh, along with vienna sausages i was eyeing those oh, yeah. uh, i was eyeing those this <laughs> morning when i was vienna picking sausages. up the spam they're all in the same compartment uh, of the grocery store i can't say in my current pantry i keep that much spam but i did pick up a sig- significant amount of it this week so things are about to go down Things are about to go down. So let me ask let me ask Dave this too, because I, I think Dave ate a lot of uh, spam and this kind of stuff as a kid. Now that like it's a little more in vogue, like people know what spam masubi is. No, and, I don't think like, it's in vogue. I still don't think it's in vogue. And I don't think. Um, I mean, you know, I posted something on on social media the other day because I was cooking it, and I was like, I was actually using it for dinner, and I was like, you know what? I post everything else. Why am I not posting? The fact that I'm using spam. What what is the reason for me not posting a dinner that I'm making? And I was like, oh, it's because I still harbor all of this bullshit. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna say, you know what? This is why I'm not using spam or talking about it. Not because I get paid or anything. And no, I think what overrides the shittiness of Hormel and soon to be a sponsor of, of a recipe <laughs> club, and uh, the fact that it's a commoditized thing and it's salty, all of these things. Like, yeah. All these things, fine, fine, fine. But I think what overrides that is the historical significance of spam. And the fact is, it is extremely delicious. It mm-hmm. really, truly is delicious and shelf-stable. Koreans needed spam for the, for, for the rebuilding efforts, and it was a treat. It was the constant protein source, and so it was a scarcity. And then when they come to America, it's, it's abundant, and nobody's buying it. And, you know, this is how... Not just Korean people, but many immigrants sort of ate and people that couldn't afford it. And clearly it's had a huge significance in Hawaii. Not a surprise because a lot of people from Asia moved to Hawaii and it's part of just like culture. So I I find it to be sort of like growing up, if you shopped at like TJ Maxx or something like that, it's, it's been seen as something that is budget or something that is cheap. I remember talking about it with my friends because I grew up thinking it was awesome until whoever it was saying like, oh, it's like dog food. You know, you're eating something that's gross. Mm. And nobody ever wants that associated with the food they eat. 
particularly something that you think is like American. You know, it's, I think it's confusing. You're like, wait a second. I can understand, not understand, but if you make fun food of other cultures, but this is something that is uniquely American. I think growing up, I even knew that, but yet it's not accepted. So I didn't understand that growing up until I, you know, I just sort of like stopped eating it. I remember my brothers and I deciding to not eat it anymore because it was just something that we told our mom, don't, don't cook spam anymore. It's gross. To the point where my mom and dad would eat it privately, you know? So I think it's still there. And yeah, it's now cooler with Masubi, but I think a lot of people, you, you know, eat spam and the significance of it is, is huge yet. It's seen as something that is gross. I still think people think of it as gross. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the culture at large. What do you guys think? I think eyebrows eyebrows are always raised if you bring spam into a conversation. I mean, I think like literally like just having it. I mean, even seeing it on my counter, it's like, damn, like, why, why do I have spam right now? It's You know, it's just it's just not something we're used. Even though, like, honestly, it's just such a great compliment and it's so delicious. And, you know, we'll get into that. Obviously, it, it, it actually works perfectly with so many things now that I'm thinking about it. But if you're eating a hot dog and you think spam's gross, like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> the only problem I have with spam is that it's so intensely salty that I like the 25% sodium uh, light. But uh, I, I sometimes all you can buy, especially during the pandemic, because funny enough, Span just disappeared from the shelves during the pandemic. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> and uh, I think the the 25% healthier one is not necessarily delicious. I did buy the turkey one today. And there's a lot mm. of different flavors. There's like a jalapeno one. There's smoked. I've never ventured into any of the Spam flavors, although I did buy the turkey one because I was curious. But if I, if I deviate from the traditional one, my normal purchase is the Spam 25% less sodium, which I think is still plenty salty. Damn, I didn't see any of those options on my shelf. It was just a f- shelf full of Spam Classic. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen any flavored Spam in my grocery store. I'm a little upset. Um, I'm probably in like a little bit of a bubble of over over-informed food people where I live. And so I see, you know, like house-made Spam on restaurant menus and musubis showing up everywhere. And it's like a cool thing. And like, I think that that was what I was trying to get at was... Um, Spam is at its core a food of necessity and like so many foods of necessity, it is delicious because when you you don't have anything else, you got to make delicious shit out of what you can. So like that literally out of the can and like that's what spam is. Spam is was a ration for the military. Spam was after the Korean War. All that spam worked its way into Korean food in Hawaii, where there's always fear of sort of the supply boats not showing up. Spam is part of that. And the cheapness plays a huge role. I just think that's like an interesting dissonance where I live again in like an over-informed food bubble where you're like, it's like so many things in food that were born of necessity becoming cool. And you're kind of like, really though? Like, what if I just go, I grew up eating this and I hate That's the thing. You're in a bubble. I don't think anybody thinks spam is cool. Like, honestly, I don't see that in any menus, at least mm-hmm. in New York or L.A. San Francisco may be another story, but that's always the case. But, I mean, Brian, you think Spam has reached cool status? No, it might after this podcast airs because we have that, <laughs> you know, level about us. But, uh, no, I don't. I've never even thought that. I've never, like, I don't even see that. I can't conceptualize, like, a pre-shift meeting and being like, all right, guys, here's what's on the menu today. House-made Spam. I, mean, I just, I don't see that. I've never heard of it. And especially down here in New Orleans. I mean, I mean, we got boudin and alligator meat and all kinds of weird things we're already doing. I've never seen spam enter the conversation. Uh, I, I mean, I've know. tried to make homemade spam. It's not 
good. It's like making it's like making homemade bologna. It's just yeah. like you said. I mean, it's it's it's. But spam is like again, ketchup. How 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 would you make spam? As if you had to just guess off the top of your head, how would you make spam? You basically emulsify pork shoulder into something that's like you'd make a sausage, and then you know it's a ton of salt. You put nitrate uh, sodium nitrate in it, and make sure that it's the fat back is evenly distributed, and and you cook it off, but. The thing is, I don't know what's happening in the pasteurization process or to keep it shelf stable right. as a can. There's a lot of things I don't know. Right. And here's the thing. I don't want to know. All I know is it's good. <laughs> um, so we brought three recipes, as we always do. All three of us cooked all three. It sounds like Brian Ford may have cooked his three uh, within the... He might have just freshly cooked these. I just, Chris, you tried to kill me, by the way. Let's talk about that. You forgot about my allergy. Oh, my God. Yeah, once tried again, to kill I'm, me, I'm always so. forgetting about What your is your allergy again? Shellfish, all things that are good. <laughs> <laughs> it happened when I was 15. It wasn't, so, you know, I used to eat shrimp po' boys and oyster, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, one day, I went into anaphylactic shock. Jesus. Three separate times because I was, I thought it was like poison ivy or something because every day it happened. I was like outside by the woods and my mom was like, no, it's just the, the trees. Don't go by the trees anymore. And I kept eating shrimp and I was like, yep, nope, this is not good. So I mean, listen, as yeah. Dr. Chang would tell you, um, because I am a doctor, medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and a PhD in multiple subjects. Yeah. You should just treat it like Iocane powder. If you want to be the good resistance to, to your resistance, you should eat shrimp three times a day. Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Little oh bit. my God. We truly need a disclaimer right here. I, I can't say And then that inject that. yourself with Windex. Yeah. Clear it out. Build up that strength. Build up that immunity to shrimp. I, no, I can say that it is not a fake, you know, like gluten intolerance level allergy. It is a no. Definitely... No, I don't think Dave thinks it's fake. I just think he thinks you can overcome it. I, I might be titration. able to overcome it, but I'm not ready to explore that uh, area of my of my life yet. I'm gonna I mean, keep it safe. Princess Bride really is a not just a great script for a movie. It's a script for life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But um, I, I, I wanted to say for the recipes, I was really torn as to what to choose, right? Because kimchi jjigae and spam is a classic combination. And fried rice with spam is probably the rice that I ate the most growing up. It was a breakfast meal for us. And uh, there's plenty of recipes out there. So choosing this recipe was one of the most difficult out, uh, of all the recipes I think we've ever done on Recipe Club. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you should. I think you should talk about those a little bit too, because I purposely avoided bringing the. I mean, so many spam recipes come from the Korean canon, and so many of like the best ways of using spam are Korean. Kimchi goes with anything. <laughs> yeah. Spam goes with anything, so it's like you know, it's like the associative property. You know, you have a, like a, a super super mutant combination of good <laughs> and good. It goes with everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think like we didn't we didn't cover any of them here, but like those dishes that Dave's talking about, like kimchi jjigae with spam, buddha jjigae has it too, right? Buddha jjigae is kimchi jjigae just deluxe with like ramen and other shelf stable products. I mean, which is like right, like the classic story is that it's because it's it's army stew because it's all of these shelf stable, you know, military ration type ingredients, and obviously. If you do if you do that Google and you get 190 million results, a ton of them are actually for spam fried rice, kimchi stew with with spam. Spam and fried rice is tremendous. I, I think of all the recipes, if you're gonna if you've never worked with spam before, or if you've harbored reservations because of everything we just spoke about, do yourself a favor buy buy what buy a can, 
And I'm going to suggest slice it as thinly as possible. Don't worry about cutting it perfectly. One thing that spam is very difficult. It's almost like trying to slice pata negra. It's fucking hard to do uh, properly. Um, and I, in some ways, I almost feel like you need a, a Japanese knife set up. Um, <laughs> to get it straight, right? To, to like get not- it straight, you need a really nice yanagi. Um <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> so wait, Dave, Dave never recommends buying like expensive knives for any reason except you should buy like a sashimi knife to slice your spam at home. Like that's the greatest. Because you really do, as you make the incision, you need to cut it in one motion. Oh yeah. And and the Western knives, because they're beveled 50-50, it's one of the reasons why the spam slices always get diagonal. Uh, diagonal. So you need a straight edge as humanly as possible, which is why, you know, Japanese blades are 90, 10, 90% sharpened on one side, which is why, no joke, if you're going to spike, you want perfect slices of slim, you should use a, a, a Japanese um, blade because otherwise, not to say that you can, it's actually quite difficult to get a perfectly cut slice of masu- like spam, in my opinion. I think you're. I think you're totally right. I think that. I think that. Like, absolutely, the knife shape makes it hard to slice spam. Yeah, no wonder my spam was butchered. And I, I yeah. had no answers to this. I was like, whatever. No one's gonna. We ain't gonna talk about this. But here I am listening to this like expert take on how to cut spam. My shit was off. You want to cut it in one pull, one motion. And another thing, if you really want to get it like nice and sliced, you should probably use water as lubrication. Um, like a lot of Japanese chefs, you you know, you want it to be a little bit wet as it pulls through, as it cuts through. Because you can, with a Western knife, do it. I'm just simply saying, like, if you really want to more accurately slice, cut a slant, spam, you should use a really nice knife. So there, there you go. And I again, going back to, if you never cooked spam before, and uh, mainly because you're racist, um, <laughs> oh my god oh my <laughs> sweet lord hey, i'm just calling it like i see it man <laughs> or you've been fed racist notions by your oh. racist friends <laughs> or your racist parents come on don't forget all your racist parents <laughs> there's some cla- mi- mix some classism in there as well yeah sprinkle yeah, a little exactly. classism on top yeah or your judge smales if you if you watch caddyshack and you think judge smales is a hero <laughs> then this this tip is for you. Yes. <laughs> Unfucking believable. Yes. You want to slice this as thin as possible, and then on a ripping hot pan, get as much color on it as possible, and just eat it. Just like as is. Eat yeah. it as is, and it's like people like bacon. You're gonna like this, like. There's no fucking way people will find this to be delicious. If you slice it as thinly as possible, you can get really, really nice and not crazy crispy, but it browns so beautifully. And it's a, it's a, it's a marvel. It really is a marvel. So just give it a shot. I dare fucking anybody to tell me in a blind taste test, some kind of spam product when you get the mired reaction and it's perfectly Ooh. nice and brown mm, mm, and you mm. literally put a blindfold on. Any, and they eat meat. The only people, you know what I mean? There's just no way. It's it's the same thing as like, you know, blind taste test to somebody that's never had like vanilla ice cream before. Or like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, no one's going, oh, fucking <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. No You're one's right. going, oh, God. You know, <laughs> chocolate is disgusting. We're yeah. really going to get that spam sponsorship now. Yeah. That was, all of that was just gold. Well, Brian, I mean, the 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 sort of like getting your Unagi knife out, notwithstanding, 
you seem to to think that we were like over overdoing it with like spam slicing technique. But did you or did you not have trouble slicing yeah, spam? Yeah, I, I, I just I just fessed up to that. I but I, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, well, I just I butchered that. But you know, whatever. I don't I don't yeah. pride myself on my knife skills. I thought it was just another case of Brian not knowing how to cut things. So I so it's, only, I so, like, it's so much deeper than that. It's so it, much it deeper. Is, it is deep. It truly is one of the most difficult things to slice in terms of level of difficulty. And I mean this from someone that sliced a ton of very delicate things like fragile, fragile terrines and pâtés and torsions of foie, like that a lot of work goes into making this. And and, and you have a slicing knife. It doesn't have to be an eye. And, and like of all the difficult things to slice cleanly, spam is right up there as one of the most difficult. Probably the most difficult is a game bird terrine with, with, with like... <laughs> Squab, <laughs> squab press stacked in, wrapped in truffle and cabbage. Hell yeah! And then you have like it, it shingled. That that is that's so difficult to slice. So it wasn't me so and my it wasn't me and my TJ Maxx knife then. No, oh my my, God. My, okay, no. good. So <laughs> Game bird terry number one, number two, spam. <laughs> hey, for real, for real. But, but, but I mean, people not? understand when you're slicing pates and terrines, terrines that take so much time and it's in a mold. If you slice it and it goes, you know, and you get it, it turns into something that's more 3D, like coming out at you on the plate, like you not only does it look like shit, you wasted the next slice because you got to even that out. Like this is really important stuff in a kitchen. If you make a Venn diagram of people who have opinions about slicing game bird terrines and people who have opinions about slicing spam, the only thing in the middle of that Venn diagram is David Che. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I sliced mine to shit. So we we had three recipes here. Uh, as always, all three of us cooked all three of them. We're going to now discuss how it went, talk about the best way of using Spam, even though we've already sort of identified it as something not here. Uh, so the three recipes we brought, Brian Ford brought a Spam Masubi recipe from uh, Chopstick Chronicles, a blog. Uh, I brought a recipe for dry men from the chef Sheldon Simeon's new cookbook, Cook Real Hawaii. And Dave brought a... <laughs> because we're looking to get sponsored by Hormel. A, a spam grilled cheese sandwich um, hewing to his new his new playbook from the website of the product, from Spam's <laughs> own website, Spam.com, I believe. A spam grilled cheese. Uh, the last time Brian was on the show was for our yuka episode yeah. yucca 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 with pre who won that who won that one brian ford won on, what a what a surprise yeah. it's because i had what to help surprise. mr bacon yeah for mr bacon mr bacon uh so brian once yes. again you've got winner's rights you want to go first you want to defer i have a few i have a few disclaimers that i need to um lay out here before we get into this uh number one uh i guess i live under a rock I did not know what Musubi was going into this. So I'm disappointed to hear it's trending. And um, I tried to get a recipe from New York Times cooking is behind a paywall. So this is this one was just generated. And I was like, sure, let's use that. Um, that's my number one. Number two, when talking about Dave's recipe, uh, I guess I, sh I, I guess I should get into that when we talk about Dave's recipe. There's something that I must so there's something I must say. Uh, but anyway, yes, my recipe, uh, the one that I picked, uh, Musubi. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is different than making sushi because you don't put vinegar in the rice. Is this is this is this why this is not just called sushi? More or less. Yeah. More or less. I mean, it's its own thing. 
it's a whole nother conversation with kimbap and, and sushi, but I, I wouldn't put this in either of these car- categories. I think this is Musubi is uniquely Hawaiian. Chris Yang, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think I, whether or not that's like its absolute origin, like this is a deeply, deeply Hawaiian thing. One, okay, cool. Yeah, because I was wondering, I was like, what is the absolute origin of this? I was like, what is the difference between this and you know, it's me on my me me on Google. Uh, I've never made anything like this at home, to be honest. It was very, I've never, I've never used a spam can as part of the process. Did you guys use the spam can when you made your rice ball? Hell no. No? No way. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even read the recipe. I I mean, this, it should be said, I bet you, I mean, we should, we should talk about the actual process of making this recipe, but my guess is that like. Dave had the same experience as me with this, which is like, I, I, I have all of this stuff. Like, I, I, I know this in my bones already, how to make oh, this hell thing. Hell yeah. All right, good. So I hope you guys like this so I can win. Um, I, so basically to make this musubi, you cook rice. Um, I just used uh, some short grain rice that I had here. And then you make a sauce, which is uh, soy sauce, sake, uh, rice vinegar, sugar. I think there was some sugar, a little bit of water, and then a starch to kind of thicken it. I think it called for potato starch, but I yeah. don't have to double potato starch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I think I use potato starch actually. Um, so you sear, the, sear your spam, cut it thinly with, you know, with your special technique or whatever it is that you're going to do. Uh, <laughs> sear it until it, <laughs> sear, sear four or five minutes aside, uh, and then kind of coat it in that sauce. Uh, then you take your rice, you add some toasted sesame seeds to it. And you kind of make a rice ball with it. The recipe says to put some plastic wrap in your spam can shove the rice down into it so that you can kind of get that uh, rectangular oval shape, flip it out, uh, put the spam on it and kind of neatly tuck it away with a little bit of nori. So it was pretty simple. It was extremely delicious to me. I, I was a disaster at actually assembling this. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, I don't know, do you let the rice cool? It didn't say let the rice cool. I use hot rice. That didn't really work well for me, but it was pretty delicious. Mine didn't come out perfect because I used, um, I wasn't going to make white rice because we barely make it. And we already had Korean rice that basically has not so much sticky white short grain rice. So I did my best to just put it together. Uh, the sauce, all of these things, you know, it, it's hard to go wrong. But it's it, to me, when you go to Hawaii, it's it's just something you go when you go to like any like market it's just there or you go to the mm-hmm. like green market it's just there wrapped in plastic wrap and you just it acts like an onigiri to me yeah uh, when you're in japan or kimbap uh, a little bit it's just like a one-handed snack kind of thing it's very filling uh, i think the rice ratio is important or sometimes the spam ratio is too much but it's super easy to make but here's the thing i'm never gonna i mean no offense brian i'm never gonna make this ever again because i'm never gonna make musubi ever mm-hmm. at home. This is mm. the first time I've ever, you know what I realized? I've never made musubi in my life. And there's musubi box. You, you can actually buy musubi like uh, molds and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw that. But like, I, I think the recipe is good, but it's also not something you sort of really need, I guess, if you never had it before. But I don't plan to ever make musubi at home because I would rather use spam in a variety of different ways than make musubi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ying? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same place as Dave. I'm probably a little more likely to make musubi just as like a my daughter loves them and and so sometimes we have to make them. That's the only reason I would make them at home. But I, I'm kind of torn because I think I'm in the same place as Dave, where I'm like, I don't 
I don't need a recipe to make masubi. Right. And when I saw this recipe, it's it's 17 steps and nine wow. footnotes. And I'm like, this is overcomplicating <laughs> like the simplest <laughs> thing in the entire world. But Brian, I mean, like you, you'd never even heard of it. You'd never heard of masubi. You'd never made it before. So maybe for you, like it's exactly as much instruction as you need. I didn't find it to be overwhelming. I think the first five steps was like how to cook rice and how to sear the spam. I mean, I just kind of like, I was like, right. okay, so cook rice and sear the spam. That's like literally steps one through nine or something. Like, <laughs> Then I just scrolled down and I was like, okay, I think I just need to shape it like that and put, I don't know. Sure. It does look kind of, I mean, the footnotes is a little bit ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the footnote, foot number, footnote number seven says, see how to cook rice Japanese way. So I, I, I don't know what they're going on. I didn't read these footnotes and now I'm a little bit. That's I'm a why little I bit stopped of, reading the rest I'm, I'm, I'm it's a, a little lot. bit afraid. It's, it's like a very long post about then it. There's I, a, then there's a calorie count, actually. There's like how much cholesterol is in it, 40 milligrams. I, I have a feeling that's that's not even accurate. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know about the length of this recipe, but I think if you just kind of delete that complication, uh, it is pretty simple to make. I would make it again, but... Uh, I would make it again because it tasted good and I have three cans of Spam on my countertop. <laughs> That's why I would make it again. I mean, one thing I thought was hilarious and, and great was there's an instruction, you know, it says like, uh, open the Spam tin and carefully wash the empty tin for later, tin for use. later use. And I read that and I was like, that's amazing. Like, they're so concerned with me using this can again. Maybe I'll put like a potted plant in here. I'll start an herb garden. <laughs> and what I didn't realize was like, they want you to use the can later to form oh, the log of rice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I thought they were just being like eco-conscious don't don't throw away your don't cans. throw away nah, you don't nah. need to use the can to shape the rice like you just you can do it by hand if it's cooled a little bit and just like any time you're making something like this like if you have like a little water on your hands the rice isn't going to stick to your hands so we just form them by hand the other the only other part i would say i um like having made masubi so many times i think that the potato starch in the sauce is totally unnecessary i don't think you need to thicken your sauce with starch yeah i also think thick. that like there's a a fucking 101 mistake here where like if you're gonna if you add there's a reason why like when you make chinese sauces you make a slurry first you you whisk together your cornstarch with water and then add it to your liquid so it, dis mm -hmm. it disperses properly and you don't get lumps like the idea that you just pour the saw so all the sauce ingredients into a hot pan and sprinkle in two teaspoons of cornstarch or potato starch is crazy to me like that's for 17 steps and to not say like you need to mix your starch first that's crazy to me that's but i don't really think you need point. it anyway i don't think that's you need really good point the uh the last thing i'll say the one modification i made you know i actually don't usually have sesame seeds in my rice for this they have sesame seeds in the rice i did decide to just uh season a bunch of the rice with tingly salt <laughs> Mm, and uh that worked out super well actually so i made some for the kids that didn't have any overseasoned rice and then i dumped like a whole bunch of tingly salt i did some with uh, sp uh spicy salt too and uh it was a nice little compliment i will say yeah D dave did you use uh instead of toasted sesame seeds did you use momofuku toasted sesame oil i did nice I did. nice 100% i did <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, dictate where you want us to go next. Dictate where I want you to go next. Um, I would like you to go. I, uh, Dave's recipe needs to be addressed immediately. Okay. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what, what problem you guys have with my recipe. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. It's it's not a problem at all. I have nothing but praise. 
It was okay. just th things that need to be spoken about. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> it because here's the recipe without even following. It is you take some bread, you melt some butter, put some cheese on it. Before you do that, you should slice your spam and get it nice and golden brown. And then you put that spam that you already have nice and golden brown onto this this crazy move where the bread is now toasting in your pan with some butter and cheese on it. And you put, check this out, the spam on top of the bread. With the, <laughs> the butter. What? <laughs> and then you, you flip it. You flip them and you put them together. You merge it. You sandwich <laughs> them together? It's. It, I believe the technical term is synergy. Can I? <laughs> Techniques never been spoken of before. Davis, completely right. It's a very simple recipe. Brian, do you mind if I talk about one thing that I wonder if if is what you're going to talk about? Probably you go first, Chris. This recipe on spam.com is called the two-step spam grilled cheese. <laughs> the head note is a frankly kind of dickish tone. <laughs> uh, I will read it to you. If you can count to two, you can make this sandwich. If you count, if you can't count to two, here's a quick lesson. One, two. Now, all you need is two slices of bread, two slices of cheese, and two slices of Spam Classic. Get ready for a grilled cheese that's almost too delicious. They have truly leaned into the number two here. It's like a motherfucking Sesame Street bit. <laughs> Brian Ford, how many steps are in this recipe? Uh, I was definitely not going this direction, Chris. Uh, you, 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 there you, are four you, steps in the two-step grilled cheese. Well, I, we'll define. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many steps there are. I mean, number you, you, number is a relative term around the world. <laughs> I love this recipe. All I'm saying is, you cannot call it a two-step recipe and give people shit about yeah, you not know being why? able to count the two it, and then no, have no, no, four no. steps. All credit, all credit to the marketing team that Hormel hired to do this because they. They they predicted this moment where people would. I mean, listen. It literally says two step grilled cheese, and then there are four <laughs> listed steps, like one, two, I, three, I, I, three again, I think four. All but of, I don't. I intentionally don't, done I don't care. So we can have a conversation I, about this. I I I I was not. I didn't even think about that. Uh, I actually this. I did not read the recipe because it was a grilled cheese. I mean, I I read it and I was like, okay, so a grilled cheese, cool. Uh, I was not upset about that, Chris. If if that upset you, it did not I upset understand. me. I just think it's the funniest fucking thing in the world that you yell at you, make fun of us for not being able to count the two, and then you put in four steps. It's <laughs> the best fucking thing I've ever seen. It actually is ridiculous, to be completely honest. Uh, I mean, honestly, this is like the most Dave Chang recipe of all time. <laughs> Antagonize the, the person that is going to make your recipe. It and then totally, be totally wrong. It is totally a Dave Chang thing to be like, it, it's it two is. steps, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Step one, two, three, four. <laughs> So, so I, I, I look, what I have to talk about is not really that serious. I just have to address the audience, viewers, followers, whoever you may be making this recipe, please, please, please. And this is just my opinion. Please don't use anything other than American cheese. Yes. Okay. That's please do not use cheddar or some fancy cheese and please do not use crusty sourdough or baguettes or any, please use wonder bread, bunny bread, soft, white bread this will maximize your grilled cheese sandwich that's all i had to say but that's but, right but, but but it's not organic no 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 american cheese or bust but no cheddar cheddar and any other cheese 
First of all, the melting point. New York Times listening wrong. to this. Going to steal is, this cover <laughs> story. Who, who, who is? New York, New York Times. Times. The, the best. For the best melt, look no further than the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> American cheese or yeah. bus. Don't come at me with no gorgonzola. Don't come at me putting some, you know what I'm talking about, white cheddar, Irish stuff. Nah, some American cheese, get the extra melty kind, board in works, whatever kind of, you know what I'm saying, and use soft white bread. This was absolutely, this was delicious. This was literally, I ate a lot of them. I ate a lot of them today. A lot of them. <laughs> it's a very, very good grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, it's it a fucking, so it's, 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 it's delicious. I'm only, I, I, I had the same complaint as Brian where it's like, it's a marketing website. They're not going to shout at anybody else's brands, but it just says two slices cheese, which is a problem because it's got to be American cheese. It's got to it be a soft problem bread. For, but then this is this is why we're here, guys. This is we're here to change the game. We're here to let people know what two slices cheese means and that there's no exceptions. You know, so that that's just the grievance I had for the for the four step recipe. It's a it's a two step four four step rest recipe. I thought it was. I mean, what's there to say? It's a grilled cheese with fucking crispy. Brown spam in the middle. It's delicious. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> great. Uh, the last recipe is mine um, from Sheldon Simeon, who I think a lot of people probably know from Top Chef and has, uh, I think, a couple of really great restaurants on Maui, one called Tin Roof which is uh, absolutely delicious, close to the airport, just very like satisfying food that resonates in Hawaii. It's sort of like Dave is talking about with Spam Masubi makes the most sense when you eat it there. The food that Sheldon makes uh, tastes absolutely delicious when you're there. He's got a new cookbook called Cook Real Hawaii. And uh, this is how much I like Sheldon's cooking. I I, I volunteered or, or, or applied or <laughs> met with Sheldon to write his cookbook back in the day. And he chose somebody else. And yet here I am still shilling for his his cookbook sounds like a lot of relationships you've had with you, you know <laughs> pre-marriage <laughs> <Just like>, please <laughs> so anyway oh, the recipe is for dry min which is you know dry noodles it's basically julienne spam you brown it in a pan you cook eggs sort of cook them hard uh and then slice them into chunks season with garlic salt cook a pound of Simon ramen, chowmin noodles, whatever you can find, dress that in soy sauce, uh, hondashi oyster sauce and, um, throw them all together kind of in, in just like a, a, um, maze men type of style. And then on, he suggests on the side, you have Chinese hot mustard and shoyu to dress the noodles. And then a cup of Simon broth, which is, you know, if you haven't had Simon in Hawaii, it's kind of just like a, a salty, dashi based broth like salty fish broth for for dipping yeah that's that's basically the the whole recipe it's it's dry noodles with an optional side of broth to dip in i love dishes like this i like dried noodles this was tasty to me i like the recipe it was good although i didn't have bean sprouts i used some chopped mm. up napa cabbage and no no offense to sheldon's recipe i i didn't follow it really at all um <laughs> <laughs> I think that people should only be offended on Recipe Club. Actually, you should only be offended if Dave follows your yeah, recipe. Yeah, to yeah the that's true. I uh, chopped up my unevenly sliced 
not even call it Julianne. It was a new shape that was created. <laughs> and I put that in my them. non-stick. And then while I was cooking, I didn't have garlic powder. I just minced a garlic clove, put that in. And then I put in the scallions because I don't want it raw. And then I put in julienne. I did julienne uh, some Napa cabbage, a quarter head of it uh, to mimic the bean sprouts because all I could get was canned bean sprouts from La Choy. And fuck that company. Yeah, what the uh, hell? No way. <laughs> by the way, when I went to ask, he's like, how come you can't find the Asian font on uh, when you make a, a, a document? <laughs> what? Where, where are all what, these Asian what fonts? What document were you trying to make? No, just in general, like the, the font names, like like all the, t- when you go to the, 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 the international aisle and you see the Asian um, sauces where mm-hmm. I went and you're like, wow, there's all kinds of, oriental font that right. you can't find it doesn't <laughs> exist it is not accessed when you like make a microsoft word or google doc it doesn't exist mm. these font names are are, are, are i want to know what the font names are <laughs> i really want to it's like you know like j dragon <laughs> or like chop suey sans yeah. serif you know or it's just automatopoeia dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, but the font you're talking about is like the little sharp edge like yeah, making a yeah. brushstroke or like yeah. the swirl on the d is like a dragon's tail yeah. or whatever the fuck and it only is. looks straight <laughs> to me if i squint my eyes so we make it more slanted <laughs> oh. or if i'm sitting on an oriental rug then it looks so, like lucid sand so to this, me. Yeah. So just to be clear, though, we we have gotten slightly off track. This is a critique of the 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 brands of shit you see in the store. <laughs> None of this recipe appeared in Oriental yeah. font. Yeah. Just want us to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with that ethnic food aisle, though. That's the yeah. problem. I'm sitting. I'm standing right next to you with the sombrero on, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Looking for beans. It's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I uh, I don't even know where I I, I got that one from, but um. What the fuck were we talking about before that? <laughs> you bought, you didn't, you couldn't find bean sprouts. Oh, I couldn't find bean sprouts because of fucking Lechoy. Um, and I was not going to use canned bean sprouts from Lechoy. I, I would just. Be- what are canned? They're like. I don't cooked? know. I, I, what the hell is a canned bean sprout? I was going to buy it. Mm-mm. But I did like that the recipe said that put the bean sprouts un- in the colander yep. and then put the noodles mm-hmm. on top. Yep. You know, all in a very smart recipe. If you read it without looking at the the directions, you're going to be like, oh, this doesn't make too much sense. These are a lot of ingredients that seem to be shelf-stable, all these things. Yes, you're getting closer to the Hawaiian sort of idea, but it's ultimately a super delicious recipe. And having made some version of this in a variety of different ways, I did. That was the tip that I appreciated the most. And that's how you know this is a very, very different recipe, is that it's very smart and it's very resourceful. Put the bean sprouts that cook very quickly in the colander when you dump out your, your noodles. I would have done that had I had it uh, bean sprouts. So I wanted to, the reason why I, I didn't follow the recipe is I had to wilt the cabbage to recreate that texture of the crunchiness of the bean sprouts. And I just put it all together. I didn't have fish cake either. Um, I did make the egg slices, oyster sauce. Uh, I didn't add hondashi. I didn't have the Simon broth. I didn't think it was necessary. Um, I like that it was white pepper instead of black pepper. Um, oh, I cooked the noodles in the any day. Oh, I, I use I use I use chow mein noodles. Uh, I I get I get these from Amazon because like they're the best kind because I like making like a soy sauce chow mein. Are they like semi fresh or are they? What no, are they're they? all dried. dried. And I put four balls of it in in the deep deep any day dish, uncovered for eight no like nine minutes. So all, while all that was cooking, 
I just then dumped it, strained it, and then added it all into the pan, mixed it up, and then added the, the egg, added some sesame oil. Extremely delicious. Hmm. I did. So I was going to ask you actually like pasta in the any day because I did some dry. I did some like macaroni and cheese for my daughter the other day. So you like to do when you're cooking the pasta uncovered in the any day? I've learned uncovered is the way to go. Yeah. Hmm. By the time it boils, it like starts to blow the cover off anyway. I yeah, think, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uncovered is the way to go. Nice. For sure. I thought that that bean sprout tip was the best too. Basically, you're just like lightly blanching them by pouring the hot, you know, noodle water and stuff over them. I thought that was a, a great little uh, tip. Yeah, I like I like this dish. It's it reminds me of like the Japanese dish like hiyashi chuka, like you know, sort of room temperature cold noodles and that and like that dish has basically the same things, eggs, ham, uh greens and things like that. So, uh Brian, how'd you do? Besides me almost killing you again with oyster you sauce. You almost killed me. Um so I think without the oyster sauce, um and usually dashi's not shellfish friendly for me. Um I thought the bean sprouts was actually what took this to the next level for me, Dave. So I don't, you know, I don't know how it tasted without it because I felt like they were very critical. I, I do over bean sprout my food though when I have them, like if I'm eating pho or anything like that, I'm always like, I've got like a bunch of bean sprouts on it because I like them. So I thought that was kind of critical, but I didn't have, you know, that the, the oyster sauce in there or anything like that. But uh, the spam was great. The eggs and slices, I have some right here actually. I was eating, like the egg slices kind of were the same size as my spam slices. So uh, I was able to craft some very thoughtful bites uh, of this dish. It was like make, like making sure, like, like when I eat it, it's like, is there an egg slice? Is there a spam? Noodle ratio. Yeah. And the, the crispness, like cooking eggs like that is actually pretty cool because it's not that complicated and you get uh, you get a bunch of different textures. Usually people freak out if you hard, hard cook an egg yolk. But I think, I think for this, it works uh, really well because it's not Although to be fair, and I'm thinking about it, like some runny egg yolks and this would actually probably be really good too. I'm like staring at it right now. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely delicious. I didn't really, besides not being able to enjoy it to its fullest potential because Chris Ying does not consider uh, my allergy situation. Uh, I, I did, I did love it a lot, a lot. I'm sorry, man. I always forget, you know, I just always forget oyster sauce and you and oyster sauce don't, don't play. It's okay. It's okay. I know. I, I, know I, I, I bought vegetarian oyster sauce. It is available. Oh, yeah. Damn. You can buy vegetarian. Well, that is news to me. Yeah, I got it at Ralph's this morning. And just so everybody knows, wow. I made all three recipes in 17 minutes. <laughs> 17 minutes. Yeah. All well, the, recipes. The, 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 the cook time of the spam recipe is 10 minutes, Dave. So how'd you pull this off? Two pans. Two, two pans and any day might. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All three recipes. <laughs> Ten, 10 minutes and 17 minutes 17 minutes <laughs> i tie yeah. I, I, I myself literally after our last podcast uh yang i ran down you cooked them between the last time i saw you and now yeah <laughs> not only that like in 17 minutes yeah. uh, all done before 11 30 we finished uh, our podcast at 11 and i, I wow. got it done at 11 17 at probably 16 <laughs> minutes because i didn't get downstairs till 11 01 and get it all in 16 minutes all nothing, no mise en place, nothing was set. I did it all. I mean, the, the, only, the only thing that doesn't jive now is like Dave and I are always complaining about how much work this podcast is. And yeah. Dave is not saying it was yeah. 17 and minutes it also sounded week. like it took you 17 minutes just to slice your spam. So I'm not I'm not sure. No, he says no, no, no. In his defense, he said, if you want straight slices, uh, you yes, go yes, into yes, it right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. So let's get to let's get to voting here. We've discussed all three recipes. Uh Brian Ford's Masu, spam masubi, 
Dave Chang's spam grilled cheese and my spam dry min. I don't know how this is going to actually go. I, 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 I'll tell you right now. I, I love my recipe. I, I, I don't love Brian's recipe, even though it is Hawaiian. Um, I, I have to celebrate Hawaii, and I have to give it to one of the best chefs in Hawaii, and that's Sheldon, for me. Because it's the only recipe that actually, it's actually chef cooking, using shelf-stable mm-hmm. ingredients mm-hmm. and what's at, what's, what's at hand. And I thought it's a really good recipe. It's It's something that... You know, in some version, you can make over and over and over again without following that recipe exactly. And if there's one tip that should be taken away from all of this, it's the um, the vegetables under the dry noodles. Like to me, that is one of the best tips for home cook to to follow. It's just it's those shaving of those seconds that actually add up. And and ultimately, if you think about it, for monk bean spreads, if you really want to get granular. It's probably the best way to cook it because you, if you Perfect overcook goodness. it, it's going to be disgusting. You're adding the mung beans for textural contrast in a, in a dish that's really smooth and 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 like soft. But you want it just to be barely cooked through, and I think it's a really smart smart idea. So that's why for me it wins. And so for me, Hawaii has to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the, the 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 bean sprouts trick is worth the price of admission, and I think that what you just said about the texture is exactly right. It's got to be crunchy, a little crunchy, but not like still sticking out and poking you, you know, it's it, it, and, Brian, and, let me, let me, let me put a, a, a just a note on this is, uh, and hopefully you agree with me. Oh my God. If Sheldon actually chose Chris Ying to be his co-author on this, I would not have voted for this recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to comment directly uh, about Christian co-authoring or not as a reason to why I would or would not pick a recipe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because I I just don't have any basis for that to factor into my decision, to be completely honest. Um, So are we we just voting? What are we doing? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Or should I just say what I think? Well, I think that, um, you know, I'll give my votes. I, I actually give a thumbs up to Dave's grilled cheese recipe just because. Yeah. How can you not? I love my recipe. <sighs> you know, I love spam masubi. If you've never made it before, you can use this recipe. I think it's. Like I think kind that of overcome- honestly, no offense to the recipe, I, I'd follow other masubi recipes. I'm sure that are out there. Mm-hmm. It's a little overcomplicated, but Brian, what do you think? <sighs> Listen, you know uh, what I think. If I'm being completely honest. If I'm being completely honest, I think the best recipe was Dave's recipe. It took a minute, really two minutes. I mean, it's just so simple. And if there was something I was going to cook again, it would be that grilled cheese sandwich 50 times before I cooked anything else. It was ultra delicious to me. It was 100% delicious. That would be... Perfect that, soda, Perfect salt. It's like perfect, perfect amount. The perfect amount of sodium to raise my blood pressure to levels <laughs> that are completely unsafe. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I think. Uh, I think that makes me the winner. Yes, it does make you the winner, Chris. And yet also a loser because of what Dave said about me. Go write that book. Simultaneous Man. winning and losing. You can never get I mean, a clean listen, win. If you're going to win, let's make it a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's definitely do that. It's actually a Pyrrhic victory for all of us because Dave saying he would, nobody should pick me as a co-writer also incriminates him as my partner and yeah. <laughs> like all things creative. So it's a, it's a loss for Dave. It's a loss for me and a win for me. I, 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 don't, I don't, It's a loss for me, but it's once again a case of me bringing something admittedly delicious admittedly good 
But, you know, for whatever, you know, whether it was sausage cheese balls, whether it was naan, you know what I'm saying? Y'all saying it's banging, y'all saying it's slapping, you're saying it tastes good, but you're saying you ain't going to pick it. Hey, it's all gravy, though. It's all gravy. Another case, another day. Brian Ford, gracious even in defeat. Uh <laughs> I don't know how gracious that was, but uh, no, I know. Yeah, I know it was terrible. Uh, okay, so that means I have won this one. <laughs> Congratulations! I don't, know, I don't even know what to do you when something it. like this happens here. Uh, the The next time we hear from Brian will be our season finale. Uh, so this wheel spin won't maybe, really come maybe, into play. Uh, podcast finale, possibly podcast. Y'all ain't re- y'all know I'm winning that finale. I'm gonna just say that right now. Uh, say that right now. Uh, but let's do a wheel spin anyway, just in anticipation that like um, enough of you people clamor for for recipe club and and make sure that this is a season and not series finale. But that's the cliffhanger. Currently on Brian's wheel, we have empanadas. Pork ribs, popcorn, jalapenos, mac and cheese, Wonder Bread, frozen broccoli, meatballs, maseca, and spam, which is now falling off the list. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have no, I had no <laughs> feeling that I would win ever again. I have nothing to contribute to this wheel. Do you guys have anything you want to add to this wheel in its place? Dave, what should we put on the wheel just for old time's sake here? Rubs, rubsta. Rubsta? What do you rubsta. Rubsta. Okay. Lobster. Robster. 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 <laughs> Robster it is. All right. Empanadas, pork ribs, popcorn, jalapenos, mac and cheese, Wonder Bread, lobster, frozen broccoli, meatballs, maseca. Uh, let me share Masek. my screen with everybody Masek. here. Hey, Brian. I know who put maseca on there. <laughs> Give it a spin. <laughs> oh! Yeah. It stops where we all Perfect. want it to be. It's Wonder Bread. All right. I'll it's make another Wonder grilled bread. cheese sandwich. Here's and uh, all the more reason we have a world class baker on uh, to uh, <laughs> make Wonder Bread. Homemade with us. Wonder Bread recipe with a 30 year old Italian sourdough starter <laughs> recovered from a grandmother at her grave. <laughs> um, I, I, what I, what I want to do is, again, desiccate the Wonder Bread. And make a poolish out of it. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard these things. We yes. all know that they're not. We all know that they're not going to happen. If I was we've... actually uh, somebody that was organized and put work into things, I would do it. Desiccate it and make bobbly out of the breadcrumbs that resulted <laughs> yeah, 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 from yeah, yeah, the yeah. Wonder Bread. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> thank you to our producers Isaac Lee and Sasha Ashall. Uh, be sure to check us out as always on Instagram at Recipe Club. The Recipe Club podcast, Facebook group, share your comments, photos, and videos. Can you all please tell people about this show and spread the word? And, um, you know, don't just give us five stars. Make your friends do it. You know, otherwise this this uh, looming threat of the season finale <laughs> being the series finale is going to come true. You need to get out there. We need a street team of people sharing that you like Recipe Club. If we don't reach number one, if this podcast doesn't reach number one, in all podcasts, <laughs> if we don't beat Joe Rogan, <laughs> this is it. This is it. It's on you. So don't get mad at us. This is on you. <laughs> this is on you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot like the, the 2020 election. It's on you. It's on you. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's, a, a, here's the other thing. It's like, you don't have to register. Just get your friends. Sign up to vote. If we're not number one, if we're not the number one podcast, see you later. 
just play it in the fucking background all day long. Just mm. have it on, please. Let for people the love know. Of God, we love you all so much for listening, but please, why aren't your friends listening too? Number one podcast ever. <laughs> ever now. It's now it's ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm just letting people understand what Tiger Parenting is. Yeah. Not good enough. Uh, we have to beat cereal. Okay. The next episode will be Bloody Marys with our returning special guest, John DeBerry, if winner. This podcast doesn't beat cereal. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't do not ever complain like oh i miss recipe club yeah i miss recipe club so much i was like you had your shot you had your shot to help us continue you had your chance. you did it so it's on you not us <laughs> so many just... <laughs> 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 like of fuck you listeners <laughs> i know right <laughs> oh my I love God. you. I love you, but this is serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you all, but this is serious. Like, tell your fucking friends already. Stop keeping. What is it? A fucking secret? What is no. your? Are you ashamed? Are we your spam? Is this show spam to are you? We are spam? you? You should <laughs> act like democracy depends on it, which it does. It yeah. very much does. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. Bloody Marys with John DeBerry. And uh, we'll see Brian again for the season eerie season, season finale. Season. season finale. Take it easy.